You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's open. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker here, he comes all the way around. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside the great Paul Brettel from the Packers Wire and Dairyland Express. You can find him on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel. Got an awesome YouTube channel as well. Paul, what's going on tonight, bud? Hey, Clayton, I'm doing excellent. Like I always say, always very, very happy to join you. One of my favorite conversations each week. And the way this season has gone, I uh, I never know quite what the tone of these conversations are going to be because it's been very some high highs and some low lows. I tell you, that's the beautiful thing about the NFL. I mean, you it seemed like we started off, everyone started off kind of skittish. You go and win in Chicago, and I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we're ready to roll. Then you hit that little spurt, you know, the little, little down tick. We're back in the dumps. Get rid of Jordan. Fire Matt. Get rid of everyone. Right, and then all of a sudden you you go on a little run. You have some success, and it's oh yeah, we're back again. And next thing you know, it's get rid of Christian Watson. Get rid of it. <laughs> what a roller coaster of a season. But hey, man, the one thing, the one question we wanted answered all year long, Paul, was do we have the quarterback of the future? Right. Mm-hmm. And here we just discussed offline what we were going to talk about. We're already off cuff, and that's just how we're going to roll, I guess. I'm feeling more and more comfortable with Jordan. I know there were some other stats that kind of dropped today, and when you kind of look at him compared to the past. Um, how are you feeling about Jordan? Forget Paul Brettel, who is the professional, for a second. Yeah. Give me Paul Brettel, the Green Bay Packer fan. How do you feel about Jordan? Do you think he's the guy for the future? I do absolutely think he's the guy of the future. You know, coming into the season, throughout training camp, all that stuff, you got glimpses of, you know, what the, you know, where the the potential could be. 
And obviously there's been a lot more consistency from it. And I know there's been some tweets this week showing his efficiency from a clean pocket, his efficiency on deep ball passes. Like that's what good quarterbacks do when they have time, they pick apart the defense. They are able to take advantage of downfield passing plays. And the Packers, they've gone through a gauntlet in the last few weeks, starting with the Chargers game, uh, not Detroit, but Kansas City, New York, and Tampa Bay. Those are all defenses that blitz a ton. And for the most part, credit to the offensive line who has held up well again for the most part. But there's been some throws as well where Love's had guys in his face and, you know, he hangs in there. That uh, it was, I think it was the pass interference on Jaden Reed down the right sideline, you know, mm-hmm. pressure in Love's face. He's hit as he throws. And honestly, that was like one of, that was one of the you know, prettier deep balls he's thrown this season. Uh, and it was incomplete, but drew the pass interference, but hanging in there under the pressure. So, I mean, as each week goes by, he's checking the boxes. And I think the the most encouraging part for me is checking those boxes and with with this team. And that's not to downplay who they are or what they've done, but first time starting quarterback, absolute chaos around him for a portion of the season at receiver on the offensive line. Like the run games improve, but they it's not as if they've had this dominant run game to lean on each week. The rookie receivers, pass catchers have gone through growing pains. Uh, you know, going down, taking the lead, the defense gives it back, then you got to go down and take it again. Like there's just been a lot going on with this team this season that, you know, there's a lot of first time starting quarterbacks out there that wouldn't have uh, appreciate you, Jim. <laughs> that wouldn't have uh, handled the the pressure and just everything that this season has brought, and not just handled it, but he's getting better as the year goes on. So yeah, for me, checks those boxes. And I know obviously expectations shift as the year goes on. You see, oh, we're in playoff contention, and that becomes the new you know goal, new thing you're chasing. But remember, we rewind back to August. What was priority number one? figure out whether or not, obviously you hope he was, but figure out whether or not he's the guy moving forward. And based on what we've seen, you know, he's the guy moving forward. I completely agree. Very well said. Um, What Paul was referring to there, for those of you on the pod, Jim in the chat says, must have at least one guy with the glorious Wisconsin accent. Of course, he's talking about me, right, Paul? Yeah. (laughs) Let's see here. Mike Hebring in the chat, kind of breaking down some of the PFF stuff. Um, he said the Packers have five players on offense with season-long PFF grades of 70-plus, minimum of 100 snaps. Zach Tom, 79.5. Jordan Love, 77. Dom Wicks, um, 76. A.J. Dillon, 74.6. Jaden Reed, 70.2. Wicks has got me very excited, very, very excited when it comes to uh, comes to the offensive side of the ball. Um, let's back up and punt here a second, uh, Paul. We wish the Buccaneers had punted a few more times there in that game on Sunday. Maybe just what? What did they have? Two punts? One punt? Is that what it was? I think it was just one. One, yeah. So one in the turnover. Maybe if we just had two punts. All right. Now, mm-hmm. but what do you think about um, kind of looking back on the Buccaneers game? Obviously, the defense has been the main headline there. I imagine that's the direction you're going to go in. But what's the first thing that comes to mind when we think uh, think back on that Bucks game before we bury that game ball? Yeah. So I'll head down that path. You know, I'm not going to talk specifically on what we saw against the Bucks. We've all talked about it. We've all seen it. All <laughs> been able, over it. <laughs> all, yeah, all been able to hopefully digest it at least to some degree. But as far as the Joe Barry and that situation, so I have two kind of main thoughts on this. Um, 
So the first, and I'll just kind of start with what, you know, he spoke to us today. And I mean, just the feeling of, you know, first off, he took as he should, and as you know, he does, he took absolute ownership, said that everything that went wrong falls on his shoulders as the, as the guy, as a defensive play caller, as the guy drawing up the game plan. And, but it, it just felt like sounded like someone who, someone who knows, like backs <laughs> up against the wall. Um, and for, you know, all the other ups and downs that have occurred during the Joe Barry tenure, like this, this time had a different feel to it. Um, and he even admitted, you know, he came out right away when asked just how this week has been, you know, he said it's, it's been tough and it's been tough for his family as well. Um, so just definitely a different feel coming off that game than again, the previous, um, you know, miscues that this defense has had over the last couple seasons. But, you know, what I'll say is when an off, when a, when an offense comes out of the gate and they are able to move the ball and have success against the defense, you know, that's the sign of not the best game plan that you put together. Absolutely. Uh, you didn't have the answers for how you thought they were going to attack you on that opening script. When it's the third quarter and they come out of halftime and they're moving the ball, they're putting up points, that shows us a lack of adjustments. When we're in week 15 and we have to really stop and pause and think about which defensive players are playing better football now than what they did in week one, that shows a lack of growth, shows a lack of development, and ultimately all of that falls on coaching. And I, I do wonder, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but, and this is just me pontificating on this, um, I don't know if this plays any sort of factor, a little bit, whatever it might be. But as we look back on the Joe Barry hire, I do wonder if it was one of those, as the old saying goes, kind of round or square peg, round hole. Because Matt LaFleur said that he, the style of defense that the Packers have, that's what he wanted in Green Bay. Right. It's that Vic Fangio style. It's not as if Joe Barry is a Vic Fangio disciple. He did right. not come from that coaching tree. He's been in the league for 20 plus years. Scott has, you know, made his way with Tampa Bay when they won their Super Bowl. The Tampa two um, came up under Rod Marinelli. Like his experience in that coaching tree or that system is one year as a linebackers coach under Brandon Staley. And Staley was under Fangio. And of course, every coach is going to put their own twist on what, right. you know, even everything from the same tree. But that was his experience coming in and then being asked to run the defense. And again, I have zero idea if this has any bearing. But when you look at that, where, you know, what LaFleur wanted, where Barry's previous experience was, and then you look at Sunday's game. Everything I just mentioned, the game plan, the lack of adjustments, the lack of growth, the miscommunication, all the stuff that we've seen, you know, sometimes it'll disappear for a little bit, but it eventually comes back. That's teaching. That's yeah. that's the actual coaching part of it, the teaching part of it. And so I, I do wonder if part of that is, you know, interconnected, just bringing in someone who, again, he's, he's an NFL defensive coordinator. Of course, he knows the system. He knows how it's supposed to operate. I'm not saying that, but there's the ball. people on Twitter says no, <laughs> they know <to> that. <laughs> but there's the relaying of that information. You know, you can 
just because you know something really well doesn't always mean you're the best at teaching that to someone else to have them go out and uh, act on it. The other thing I'll say is obviously Barry draws most of the, the, the fire for what's taking place, but I'm looking at Matt LaFleur as well. And not because, you know, there is the conversation of should Barry even be back for the third season. I'm looking at Matt LaFleur for the day to day, the week to week of all of this. Joe Barry is not going rogue on Sundays with something completely different than what he told Matt LaFleur he was going to do. Right. Matt LaFleur is signing off on this. They're talking about it. Matt LaFleur said when they came into this game, they were going to play a ton of their quarters coverage like they always do because they have Mike, they're going against Mike Evans. They had Eric Stokes in his first game back in 13 months, a seventh round rookie. Your safeties, you know, Rudy Ford, Jonathan Owens, like, and you're going against Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Like on paper, how they're phrased, here's how we're going to go about defending the Bucks makes sense. Hmm. So that's part one of this. Every week, everything that we see out the gate from Joe Barry, Matt LaFleur is signing off on. I think we all need to remember that. Number two, as the head coach, when you see your defense consistently playing way off, setting up easy pitch and catch opportunities for the offense, you got to step in. Is being the play caller and having them to 100% focus on what the defense is doing, is that realistic in a game? I would lean towards probably not. That's a lot on Matt LaFleur's plate. However, at the end of the day, you're the head coach. You're responsible for this. You know, if the, you know, you, you're the CEO of this operation. If one of your if your sales department is struggling, you have to do something to course correct. And again, that's a lot on his plate in a in a game when the defense is on the field. I imagine there's conversations being had with the offensive position coaches with Steno about a, their own adjustments they're going to make. But when you see the defense getting gashed like that, maybe you don't have a specific answer. But there has to be some communication of we got to do something different. And so, of course, Joe Barry is the play caller. You know, he's the one ultimately teaching the position coaches who then have to relay the information to the players. There's a disconnect there because, again, Joe Barry can't be in every single position room meeting throughout the entire week. You know, he needs his position coaches to do some of that heavy lifting for him. So I don't know where the breakdown is from Barry to the position coaches to the players. It's probably all of the above. When things that's the thing too. When things go as poorly as they did on Sunday, it's everyone. It's everything. There isn't one person to blame for this. So mm-hmm. it, again, it's everything. And I just wanted to shift the conversation a little bit towards Matt Lafleur as well yeah. because he's the head coach. This is his team. This is his defense. He's signing off on the game plan each week. And, you know, he said he's going to be a bigger part of the defensive meetings this week in terms of making sure everyone's on the same page from a communication standpoint, all of that. So we'll see, like you said, after the game, they're searching for solutions. Uh, You know, I guess we'll see what kind of solutions are found. Yeah. You know, the big thing that stood out to me as you were explaining that with Matt LaFleur, um, Obviously, there a couple of weeks ago when Carrington Valentine didn't get didn't get the call from the far side, you know, that got communicated where he just decided to play off because he didn't know what the call was. You know, it amazed me how many people took Matt LaFleur's postgame comments, mainly fans, obviously, but took it as, you know, him saying, yeah, we can't do that in that situation. Like, oh, he's calling out Barry. He's he's telling Barry. 
what Money was saying. He, he like he was he was alluding to Carrington didn't get the call right mm-hmm. without saying Carrington didn't get the call. Obviously, Joe Barry spills the beans shortly after, but. Again, there's no two ways about it. The lack of communication, it comes back on the coaches. You know, we had we had Mike Wall on yesterday with us and interviewed him. You know, he used to play offensive line for the Packers. Mm-hmm. And he's tend to 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 kind of lean toward, you know, you got to put some on the players too. Like at some point, the, you're talking about day one install stuff, you know. Like when they lined up in the quad look and they motion, they motion that quad over to make it a two by three, and Quay just kind of shifted to the middle of the field and shaded toward Evans's side, who had a safety over the top and had a corner playing down under inside technique. It's like all of you, you literally left a three on two on the opposite side of the field. And I think that's what Barry was kind of talking about with kind of felon in rotation. But again, it's not hitting home. That's the one thing we do know that the message is not hitting home. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, Did I think. You- we're, did you watch the did you watch the quarterback school with uh for, for Baker Mayfield up against the Packers? Not yet. Everybody's telling me I got to go watch it. What was your takeaway from that? He does a great so, job. JTL Sullivan's awesome. He does. And if you're looking for a bunch of one-liners, uh <laughs> that that's the place to go. He, he, he has a bunch of one-liners about Barry and the Packers defense. I think he even yeah. refers to him as the fighting Joe Barry's at one point. But to your <laughs> point, there were two or three plays that uh <laughs> Two or three plays that JT was referring to where he goes, this is just math. And it resulted in big plays. And there's, again, you're trying to be mindful of Mike Evans, but they have three receivers to the right, two to the left. And there's four Packers on the side of the field with two bucks. Right. And three or two when there's three bucks. Um, and that was just kind of the common theme throughout the game. You know, and I think it was two or three different plays that he pointed out through that game where that happened. Yeah, definitely. So. uh Let's bury the game ball. We're moving on. Um, as Belichick once said, we're on to Carolina. He actually said Cincinnati, but we'll say Carolina. Um, let's talk about this Carolina game. Um, I'm glad we hit on that, though. You know, we're we're already way over on time at the normal point we get to the, get to right here, but that was good stuff, Paul. Um, Carolina, what are the keys? Offense, defense, all the way across the board. You know, I don't think anybody in this fan base is overlooking Carolina. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about a trap game in New York. Nobody's talking trap game now. It's uh, maybe we're the trap game for Carolina. <laughs> but how do you see this thing playing out? What do you uh, What do you expect? And what have you? I know you like to take the week in advance and really start digging. You're writing multiple articles. What stood out to you? So for the Packers' offense, I I could see this being a week where you know they're they're already finding success, but f- you know, to really continue building upon that. For one, they're going up against a defense that they see in practice every day. Ajiro Evero, the Panthers defensive coordinator, runs a very similar style uh, of defense. Like I mentioned earlier, every coordinator is going to have their own wrinkles in it. But in terms of the core of it, the foundation, it's, it's similar to what the Green Bay Packers offense faced throughout training camp and OTAs throughout the summer. So there's familiarity with that. And of course, like I said, uh, Averro obviously knows that there's probably going to be some changes, wrinkles that he adds to it to try to catch his Packers team off guard. This is still an NFL defense in a vacuum against the run. They're allowing just four yards per carry. I think that ranks 11th against the pass. They're allowing, I believe it's like 6.1, 6.2 yards per pass attempt. That ranks 10th. So again, they've shown that they can hold up in each of those instances. 
They are allowing almost 25 points a game, which ranks near the bottom of the NFL. But to a degree, I think we can chalk that up to the issues that the Panthers are having on offense. I mean, as Packer fans, we saw that, you know, through the early middle portion of the season, how not having complimentary football and when your offense is going three and out, three and out, three and out, just the stress that that puts on your defense. So this is a sound defense that they're going to be going up against this week. But I do point to that familiarity aspect of it as I do think that that's that that's a factor when there's familiarity there's comfort when there's comfort you know often that can help lead to success so in terms of Matt LaFleur and what he's dialing up from a game plan perspective play calls and how to attack you know that defense in specific situations kind of having a you know maybe a a better idea of the inner workings of it Jordan Love the pass catchers knowing you know where they might tend to be in certain situations, how they might defend certain routes. Again, goes back to some, maybe some comfortability and, you know, hopefully that leads to take this offense taking off because where they've, while they've moved the ball well, they've struggled in the red zone, especially as of late, they've had 10 visits to the red zone the last two weeks. That's really, really good. They've had five each week for some perspective. I think the Cowboys are leading the NFL this season in red zone attempts per game at 4.2. So Packers are averaging five over the last two weeks. So that's really good. But they've only punched it in a total of four times. So even while the defense is taking a lot of the the burden or the 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 fire, you know, the last few weeks, and understandably so, you know, the offense, if they're able to come through on another occasion or two in the red zone in each of those games, changes the complexion of it. You know, maybe they win, maybe they don't, but it changes the complexion of it. And so I think that's where we really need to see the growth from this unit. And I asked Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love, Elton Jenkins. I wrote about it over at Packers Wire, so I wanted to get a variety of, of takes on what's what's going on down there. And, you know, Matt LaFleur has previously talked about how the, the run game in the red zone is really, really important to have that to lean on. As we talked about, it's been hit and miss for the Packers this season. And even when it's been good, hasn't been hasn't been dominant by any means. But the common theme amongst LaFleur, Love, and Elton Jenkins was just the execution and uh, you know, the execution in terms of how defenses are playing them down there and just better handling what defenses are throwing them in that part of the field. So I'm looking at the red zone offense in particular to see if they can get going this week because the Panthers are allowing red zone touchdowns 72% of the time, uh, worse than the NFL. So they don't allow a ton of opportunities each game, but when they do, there's a high likelihood that offenses have punched the ball in. So that's where my eyes are going to be on the offensive side of the ball. As far as the defense goes, I just want to see how they respond. I mean, that's the right. that that that's the big thing. Just like you know, he talked about in the red zone, it's execution. Devondre Campbell, Keyshawn Nixon, JJ Enigbari this week. The that communication point that Matt Lafleur hammered home on Monday, like. That's been at the center of you can tell all the defensive conversations that the Packers have had this this week. And, you know, there was I'm not sure if you caught this, but Matt LaFleur said that on Monday they had a they had an open, he called it an open forum meeting for the defense, where they were able to, you know, say what was on their mind from a play calling scheme, whatever it might be. Um, and Devondre Campbell said on Wednesday in the uh, time that he had with us that, you know, are these issues fixed? He said, we'll see, but they're working towards it. He said that they feel good about the game plan that they have this week. And 
there aren't going to be any drastic changes from this Packers defense. Like Joe Barry said that today. And, you know, you can understand why. Like, it's week right. 16. This isn't going to all of a sudden look like, you know, the, the the Steve Spagnolo Chiefs defense where, you know, they're blitzing a ton. You can't just turn over a, a defensive system in that small of a time frame. Um, and also too, if you're still ex- having execution issues and communication issues on what you've been working on all season, probably not good to dive into something completely different either. So don't expect any sort of massive change. I think what, you know, changes you hopefully see is again, the communication, the execution standpoint, not so passive in terms of off coverage and, you know, shorter down in distance situations you know, maybe not going out in dime coverage on the opening drive when it's third and three. Um, you know, I, I was watching, I brought, I was, when I was on the radio on Monday, I brought that up because that was the Bucks opening drive. It's third and three or four. They're in Packers territory. I see Devondre Campbell go off the field, see Anthony Johnson go on as a third safety, like he does when they're in dime. And uh, unfortunately I just kind of set the tone for what the rest of the day was. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. But those are the changes, the differences that you hope to see. Maybe, you know, less six defensive back looks when it's third and five or fewer. Your cornerbacks, your safety is not so far back and playing off coverage. And then a lot, like we talked about, it's just going to have to come down to the players going out there and executing. So I'm just curious to see how they, how they bounce back, how they respond, because as, as poorly as things have gone the last two weeks for this defense, like, this is, this is not a good Panthers offense. This is like, if there was ever a a get right game for a struggling defense, like this is it. And say it, Paul, if if they, if they can't do it, then, (laughs) then I, then I, I, the conversation that I think everyone was waiting for this week is going to happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those things too. Like, We've heard all year long. Hopefully the connection's okay, guys. I, I see we're having a little bit of issues on my end. It's not on your end, Paul. You sounded crystal clear, but mine's a little bit wonky right now. Um, you know, you, you continue to hear about the the defensive backs playing so far off, right? And you've had Jair came out and said, I think Sewell said it last year. Um, 
that they give the DBs freedom to play where they want to play. And it's like at some point as a coach, and, and kind of back to Matt LaFleur, like as a head coach, you got to say, oh, okay, enough. Let's tighten up. Let's tighten this thing up, right? And it just seems like Barry always takes the flack for that. But like you said, it's getting signed off. It's just uh, – I'm glad you went in that direction. That that really uh, kind of puts things into perspective for me, though. But uh, anything else you got, Paul, before we let you go, Buck? No, those are the big ones. We appreciate your time. We went over, and I apologize for that, but we always love having you on. It's a, it's a great conversation every week. We always learn a ton and uh, look forward to it next week, buddy. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it as always. Take care. All right, have a good night. Again, that's Paul Brittle on Twitter, at Paul underscore Brittle. You can find him at PackersWire.com and also writing for Dairyland Express. Have a good night, Paul. Take care, guys. All right. So good good stuff there from him always. I love how Paul just comes in and tells you the facts, and he's, he says it with a calm voice, you know, that doesn't make anyone want to break anything, right? So uh, I know uh, I've seen the, the chat lighting up a couple of different times here when we were talking on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I like what Robert Allen says here. How about throwing in a slot blitz once in a while? Isn't it funny how it was like – I think it was week one we ran a slot blitz, and it just disappeared, right? You just stopped – it seemed like you never went back to it. Um, you got to have those kind of adjustments throughout the season. There's no doubt about it. Um, man, I tell you, uh, <laughs> I, I see you, SDN. <laughs> I think a lot of people uh, sympathize with you, man, for sure. Um, but, you know, as the season goes on and you see kind of how – how things unfold it's it, to me it felt like the adjustments if there were any that took place it, the adjustments were kind of in the opposite direction of okay these guys can't handle what we're asking them to do from the complexity standpoint of the defense you're still blowing coverages let's vanilla it up even more I think that's how you end up with the product you got there and and I'm hoping that when they do make this change at DC that these problems just magically disappear um, I just have a hard time believing that guys are just going to all, all of a sudden stop blowing coverages and, and become tackling machines, right? Um, let's hope it happens, though, for sure. We're now joined by Tim there in Green Bay. Tim, I don't know how much of you got to hear about Paul there, um, but uh, always good stuff from him kind of laying out the Carolina game coming up, but also talking about the week that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. <laughs> but how you doing now, buddy? Doing good, man. Uh, yeah, I caught most of uh... – most of Paul Brettel, I'd say a good 95% of it. So uh, good good half a page of notes. Always good info from Paul. And uh, appreciate him taking off the reporter hat for a little bit today and just kind of yeah. fanning out with us. That was uh, that was re- really cool. little change uh, from the norm. That was uh, about as candid as you're going to get, right, from a, a professional like Paul Brettel. And, and we really appreciate that. I know you do too, Clayton. No doubt about it. I love to get the fans' perspective. You know, that's the perspective I'm coming I've had people message me on Twitter and tag me and comments on the YouTube channel going, oh, you're such a homer. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Absolutely, I'm a homer. You see my background? (laughs) Surprise. No way. We are Packer fans. But uh, I'm showing that we've got a real bad connection. Can you hear me okay, Tim? Is everything okay on that I can hear you. I think you just look a little blurry. Okay, got it, got it. As soon as I say that, the bars just filled back up. So yeah. maybe back in. But how you doing, Amelia? I'm good. I'm good, fellas. How are you, Tim? Oh yeah, oh. with the sharp haircut. I see you, Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got my I got my ears lowered. Hey, <laughs> talking about it. You got Chris in in here. You got United Bates. Tim got the wig, whack looking fresh. 
man, do I still got that? I don't have that dancing video anymore. We could key that up of Tim. Oh, days. man. That's <laughs> a classic. Okay. Oh, you got to say this somewhere. It's somewhere on the hard drive here, but we had to clear up some memory. Um, can't, go, can't go see grandma on Christmas with uh, without getting your hair cut, right? Hey, amen to that. Handsome for granny. Amen to that. Um, all right, let's do this. Let's kind of do a quick rundown. Before we do, just want to give a quick shout out to um, the sponsor of the show. Really excited about this partnership moving forward. BetUS is the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. Um, you can get all of your uh, any kind of action you want to put on a game, whether it's you're betting the money line just straight up, you know, a, a, a win, a team with a win, or if you want to bet against or for the spread. They've got all that. They've got prop bets galore all that good stuff. If you guys want to support the show and it doesn't cost a dime, if you'll click on the link in the description of this video. You can register um, as a BetUS customer. Using that link will actually put us in better standing with BetUS um, as far as uh, their partnership here with the show. Now, when we talk about the line this week, it opened up, according to PFF, at four and a half points. Basically, the Packers were four and a half point favorites. I checked earlier today. And BetUS now has the Packers at six-point favorites, okay? So, um, you know, if you wanted to bet on Carolina plus six, and then, of course, uh, Packers, you're, you're laying six there unless you want to go with the money line. One thing I like to do, too, with the prop bets, you guys know I've talked about, this is a prop bet I uh, placed earlier, and these are the type of really cool bets that you can put on BetUS. Um, and the game tonight, I took a bunch of unders and just put a big parlay together, right? So basically, Ky- Kyron Williams of the of the LA Rams, I had that he'll have under two and a half receptions. Um, I had Matthew Stafford of the of the Rams will have under one and a half passing touchdowns. Tyler Higby of the Los Angeles Rams will have under two and a half receptions, and then uh, Rashid Shahid of the New Orleans Saints will have under two and a half receptions. I coupled all those together, and with a five dollar bet. Got a chance to win $95 on that little get up there. Okay. So just to kind of explain in real time, that's how you can do prop betting there. Again, never bet anything that you can't afford to lose, not even a dime. Okay. That's how we feel about that here on this show. But as far as the prop betting and all that, um, you know, tonight, every one of those bets you've seen, I use PFF Edge to find what they refer to as their best bets. And I thought, you know what? It's five bucks, right? Let's throw a little parlay together, see if we can win a little change. So, what's a big match, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Bet US, the official sports book of Packers Total Access, celebrating their 30th year in business. We appreciate them jumping on board with us. Now, let's talk about the standings real quick, guys. When it comes to the Packers here, yes, we're still holding out hope here, right? Um, I I, I will go down with the ship. I'll be playing the violin on the Titanic. I ain't afraid because I'm just telling you right now, boys. Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. I will coach Jim Moore. I will talk about the playoffs, my friend. So the way it sits right now, Minnesota's got the sixth seed. L.A. Rams have the seventh seed. They're playing right now against the Saints, right? Um, the Saints are sitting in the ninth seed. you got Seattle there with the same record in the eighth seed. And then you drop down another notch. you got the Atlanta Falcons at six and eight in the ten seed and the Green Bay Packers in the 11th spot at six and eight. So essentially tonight, if somehow, some way, the Saints can beat the Rams, right, I feel like that puts you in the best position possible simply because, you know, at this point, you just got to win out. We all know what's what's happening there. Right. We do have the tiebreaker with New Orleans, too. So when you look at it from that standpoint, if the L.A. Rams do beat the New Orleans Saints, then uh, we would have that tiebreaker edge over the Saints, to the best of my knowledge. You still got Atlanta flirting around there with the NFC South. And we know the NFC South's been a crapshoot this year. So just to kind of give you a quick glance 
tomorrow we will give you an update on what games you're going to want to watch for this weekend. Okay. That'll be uh, kind of what we'll be doing tomorrow and, and give you guys an idea of who, who you might want to have rooting interest for. But uh, guys, there's still a chance. Believe it or not, there's still a chance. <laughs> I think I seen something that the New York Times playoff simulator, if they went out, um, I think it was Matt Schneidman that posted it. If they went out, I love how Tim's trying to be professional as he's having a conversation. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Tim, you've got to you've got to stop trying to beat, buddy. Listen, this is I'm distracted. I'm I'm, oh, I'm trying no, to get the game on in the background. My wife's bringing me something to drink. You know, daddy soda. This is a hey, this is what I want though, dude. This is just three Packer fans talking ball. Don't ever feel like you gotta be like oh, I already look, dropped something. Look like this. <laughs> I love it. I so, gotta like aim my remote across the room to get the the TV to do what I want. It sorry. If I had to turn mine <laughs> off because I'm going blurry up here, I don't know what's going on, man. I gotta make sure that Mandy paid the paid the uh, internet bill here. Uh -oh. I, I just got back into town earlier today, so this is the first time we fired the old system up. Well, cold, it's a rusty. Yeah, well, you yeah, should have yeah, warmed up the glow plugs yeah. there, Clayton, before you got it going. <laughs> Running that diesel. Tim knows all about the glow plugs up there in uh, in Wisconsin. But that oh, that's the truth. Yeah. Hey, funny sure. story, man. We were in a, a holler. That's right, a holler. I said <laughs> Southeast Community College in Kentucky. Okay, so you got this beautiful little community college, and it faces this this deep holler right there in Cumberland, Kentucky, where I'm from, and. I went up there to one of my buddies, Papaw's house, right? We went up to visit his Papaw, took him some food and stuff, went to the store for him. And I look over and I see somebody building a fire underneath a truck. And I'm like, are they trying to set this truck on fire? What are they doing? And I'll never forget his Papaw with a blackest cup of coffee said, oh, no, they're just warming up the oil pan. Like the oil was that thick in that old vehicle. They, they built a small fire underneath the oil pan. I'm like, man. One of the one of the thousand times that I said I got to get the heck out of this town. I got to get yeah. out of here. <laughs> got to get out of here. So anyway, as you read next story of the day, um, Jordan Love. This is kind of a cool statistic. You're starting to see more and more of this stuff pop up, which is really exciting. Uh, NFL on CBS uh, tweeted out most passing touchdowns over their first 15 starts for Packers quarterbacks. Brett Favre had 20 over his first 15. Aaron Rodgers had 25 passing touchdowns over his first 15. And Jordan Love now has 26. So just another statistic where Jordan is right there in the same ballpark with both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I actually kind of kind of smoked Brett in this statistic, although, although I know we would all agree that kind of a different era, right? They were running a lot of eye formation, a lot of pro set, that type of stuff, a lot of 21 personnel. Now, obviously, as Brett got more comfortable, they started spreading things out a little bit more and opened up that West Coast offense a bit, but – Pretty cool stuff, Tim. You're, you're seeing it more and more. I love Paul. Did you hear Paul's take when I asked him as a fan, is Jordan the guy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. You know, and I got to shout out my buddy Tony, too, man, down in Milwaukee. Us us guys have been making the trek before I moved up here plenty of times. And uh, we've been we've been screaming Jay Money's the dude for the better part of the last two years. So uh, that's not a self-brag. It's just makes you feel good when you start to see the pros agree with you and you start to see uh, Jay Money backing it up with his play. So, you know, he's long overdue for an opportunity like this uh, season. You know, it could have happened arguably a year sooner. Um, and just to see him coming out like this after, uh, you know, he had a bit of a struggle early there. We dropped four in a row. Um, 
but man, is he bounced back and uh, just really proud to see what he's doing right now. And when you see stats like this, it just really makes you smile, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it does, man. There's no doubt about it. Are you it. kidding me though, Tim? You're the you're a pro. Don't come on, don't don't sell yourself short. You ain't gonna I'm curse. F and pro, man. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get that, man. Y'all had the two best quotes of the year, I swear. <laughs> SDN40 in the chat says, just looking to cook up some squirrel, talking about that fire. Carly's in there going, I can't believe this redneck. <laughs> and then Red Mo, Red Mo gets it. Red Mo said, gotta thin that oil, man, or it won't flow well. Been there, done that. With my box. Hey. There you go. See? There you yep. go, man. Yeah. Look at this. SDN said, I watched Coal Miner's Daughter, so I know what a holler is. It's not holler. It's holler. You got to put a, I don't know, the ER is very controversial today, but I will say you got to put the ER on the holler, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys remember, some people are going, why are we talking about Coal Miner's Daughter? If you watch that movie, and it's one of the, I'm, I, I will get disowned back home, but I'm just being honest. Can't stand the movie. Depressing as hell. Right. Just one of those like I don't understand why anyone would want to watch it a second time. But there's a scene where they go into a little store and they buy like some bologna or something. Right. Um, and that that little store, that building still stands today. It's about, I don't know, about 10 minutes from where I went to high school. at. So that's uh, yeah. I was not born a coal miner's daughter, but I knew many coal miner's daughters. If that makes sense. <laughs> Some of you guys are going, it is 2023, Clayton. So you can <laughs> is what it is. O- only uh, for a few more days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, there you go. Yeah, we're about to turn the page. Emilio, what do you think about this, dude? You feel you still feeling good about J Love? Yeah, he's the dude. Uh he's the man. Let it let him uh let him run this team, man. It's uh it's awesome to see it. Like Tim was saying, <clears throat> it's uh he he's been calling for it and like he calls him, uh, he's got number 10, right? Because all he throws is dimes, Tim. That's right. They gave him number 10 because he only throws dimes. So let's, let's let's keep giving him, uh, let's keep giving him the opportunity to throw those dimes, man. That's awesome. Bro, that throw to Reed, mm. I've, watched, I've watched it on loop. Oh, my gosh. And man. it's like what I'm excited about is, you know, going back through at the end of the season, kind of picking them out. There's, yes. you know, it's not going to be it's not going to be three. You know, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be double digits. You know, we're going to be you're going to try to thin them down. We can probably do a talk talk on just ones that we were drooling over, you know, so it, it's it's cool to see, man. It really yeah. is. That's something else that's going to be on the uh, on the schedule for the offseason is going back and watching our favorite plays from the season and breaking yeah. them down. Definitely. Just kind of reliving that. That'll be a lot of fun. Chewy underscore GB, GB dad. Uh, thank you for the super chat, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, having hope that my last third of my life, uh, I will see another great quarterback that should continue to win the North is a good feeling. Yeah, you know, we were kind of heading into a dark time there, Chewy, um, where people were saying, oh, yeah, you're about to find out what it's like to not have a, not have a solid quarterback. Here we are, and uh, <laughs> I love people tweeting about it too. Goody's done it again. My mm-hmm. favorite, and, and it's the one I've I begin to steal and use too, is from Breaking Bad, where he looks over and says, "Someone cooked here." <laughs> yeah, yeah, Goody cooked here. He found he found number three. It seems like now. Listen, he's he consistency is what separates the good from the great, right? Can he consistently do it year in and year out? Um, I think he's got the mindset for it. I think his teammates love him. Um, yeah, I just uh, I think we got a lot to work for there, and, and and again, we've already hit that floor that we talked about going into the year six to ten wins. We're already there. Now we're kind of playing with the house's money. If somehow, some way, you squeak into the playoffs, my goodness, what a year! But nonetheless, you've got to you've got the question answered. Okay, we've got our quarterback of the future, at least as it sits right now, and uh, you can begin to build the roster around him. This receiving core, man, I know we've talked about it pretty much every episode for the last two weeks, but. 
you can't say enough about that young core, man. They're just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But again, Chewy, thank you so much for the super chat. So we appreciate you very, very much. Um, let's see here. Luke Musgrave. This is kind of cool. Sorry that it's a blurred screenshot. I'm trying to get that straightened out. It's a resolution on my camera or my screen. Basically, my screen is like four feet wide because I'm old. And I was like, yeah, I want that. Well, <laughs> it changes the the display ratio. So that's why you get some of these wonky screenshots. But Matt Schneiden tweeted out, Luke Musgrave, who lacerated his kidney in week 11, has been designated to return. He's not practicing, but his progression to play has started. Um Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Devondre Campbell, and Darnell Savage not practicing. Elton Jenkins returned after missing yesterday. So uh, the big news there, Luke Musgrave, I think that opened up the 21-day window, essentially, if I understood correctly. I heard – now, it says here he did not practice, right? He's not practicing. I guess that means in a full capacity. But I think Coach LaFleur at his presser earlier today was talking about he's out there running routes and catching balls. So, Tim, Luke Musgrave, man, we might might see a little Luke down the stretch here if – Imagine if we do somehow, some way squeak into the playoffs, and then you got Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft ready for the playoffs. That would be absolutely awesome. I mean, I think that's exactly what's on on his mind, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, if we win Sunday, man, it, it's it, it could be a real possibility. I'm I'm really stuck in this tunnel vision, man. I'm looking looking for a Christmas present from our Packers this weekend to. <laughs> Keep the playoff dreams alive. That's right. I got the blinders on. La, la, la. Don't want to hear about nothing else. But um, no, man, certainly. And if we could start getting not just Musgrave, but some of these other guys back, you know, uh, I see Emmanuel Wilson with the shoulder is, uh, you know, starting to kind of come back into the fold, which helps us. We have uh, banged up running backs right now. Um, But Musgrave would be huge because if you get, you know, you talk about (laughs) running some 21 man i i can't wait to see him and uh craft on the field at the same time just be phenomenal definitely uh yeah it's uh especially with them getting more experience right they're gonna be 12 personnel not not 21 12 personnel but i know you could could put tucker in it at the h if you wanted to too you know he's kind of versatile in that regard No, I was just saying, you said it there, um, the experience, you know, Musgrave got to go the first half of the season. Tucker's been tearing up the second half of the season They're They both got starting reps. They both have seen, you know, different plays, different, you know, experiences. Uh, So it's, it's awesome to see, like you said, Musgrave is a dog though. If he played through a lacerated kidney, he's going to want to get back on the field. Him and Tucker were sitting there studying together. Tucker's got that mindset. You, You don't think that seeps over. They're, they are out there working, man, and uh, it's really – it's awesome to see that we have just this amount of youth and this amount of just energy ready to ready to kind of go. Yeah. SDN in the chat says, what's the jumping off point for negotiations, for, for love negotiations? Sorry. $35 million per year, question mark. You know, we it's, – it's funny, the roller coaster that is the NFL season. When we seen him perform after those first two or three weeks, I was saying, lock him up. Let's you can get him on a deal right now, right? And the longer you wait, the price is going to go up. He hit that slump, played really bad, like a four or five game stretch. And I was sitting there going, Boy, I'm a moron that I was willing to do. <laughs> and now here we are again going, Oh, crap. lock him up, lock him up. <laughs> it's going to cost us so much money. But uh, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to go. I, I'm not prepared for that question, SDN. Maybe that's something we can do for Good Morning Lambo tomorrow, kind of look around the league and go, Okay, who got paid what? I know this, Daniel Jones absolutely broke the bank, and they regret the heck out of that contract. Now, I'm not suggesting the Packers would regret a contract given to Love. It's just 
you know, the market set. It is what it is. So uh, you may end up having to pay that much. The The key is going to be to approach it. You got to be 100% confident he is the guy, right? And if he yep. is, then you approach it the Mahomes route where you give him a long contract. You've got so much flexibility to be able to move that cap hit around. Which may, may play to our advantage because Jordan Love seems like the kind of guy that years would might might matter as much, if not more, than dollars and cents at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, he's probably looking for a long-term commitment from the Packers. Yeah, you know, I don't think you wave a a four to six year deal in front of them casually. I think you gotta you do you gotta build something. It's a win win for for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't I don't see Jordan get, uh, playing super hard ball when it comes to the money. I think well, he wants yeah. he wants a commitment to know where he's going to play football for the for the long term. Right. Then if it works out, you could maybe maybe work out just two contracts instead of trying to chase down a third at the end yeah. there. So. That's a good point too, right? Maybe uh, do two bigger ones instead of three littler ones, and it might uh, help us in the long run there. There you go. Emilio for assistant GM, man. Yeah. Hey, right. hey, hey. Man, I would clean the toilets in Lambo. <laughs> right. I'll be honest, man. I'll, grow well, a I'll go out there and mow some stripes if they need me to, or you know, we can keep the turf, you know. But I'll grow a mustache mustache out like Emilio's dad, <laughs> and, and I'll be in there. I'll be in there cleaning pops, whatever I need yeah. to do, man. You know how it is. I can't grow a mustache like I've told you guys a thousand times. You, if you ever see me grow out a mustache, whew, it is creepy. <laughs> Would not be allowed within 100 feet of a school. Guaranteed. Right. Guaranteed. <laughs> Red Mo in the chat. Even if Jordan didn't have the stats to back it up, his growth has been undeniable. Some lows, too, um, but that's inevitable. I think that's very well said. I, just based off what we've seen, although I am a big stat person, I think I would agree with that, Red Mo. If, if the stats weren't as gaudy, and you know, let's say he had five less touchdowns than he does right now, I'd probably still be looking at some of the throws and looking at how he kind of moxied up and and some of those game, you know, with the game on the line type situations, and probably feel very similar to than I than I do right now. It's definitely undeniable, right? Um, yeah, really cool. Well, even to that point of Red Moser, um, the growth for the offense in general has been kind of undeniable. And it's been cool that yeah. we've seen it that, that we've seen it come about. The problem is we've been, you know, upset about the defensive growth. So I'm happy that the offense is flying. You know, let them keep flying. We'll worry about the defense when we worry about it. You know, just let, I mean, let the young dudes ball out. If they want to go up and put up 40 burger, then the defense wouldn't really have to worry, right? So we'd be fine if if they just go out and do that. Um yeah. Let the young kids eat. Yeah, and you know, as far as the defense, you know, maybe we can catch Lightning in a bottle with a higher light B flow, right? And and turn it around that quick with with less than household names. I mean, they do have a Daniil Hunter. I know Packer fans like the dog on Daniil, but Daniil's having a great year, in my opinion. He's just on the surface. I haven't dug too deep, but it seems like every time you turn around, he's sacking the quarterback. So he's doing his part there on the edge. And, and obviously they're running kind of a hybrid approach with their defense. People think they just play primary man. That's not the case. They play man and zone. doesn't matter what defensive coordinator comes in. You're going to see a combination of both, right? It's just uh, some of the same mistakes that continue to happen with the miscommunication, man. You, Joe Barry said it today. You know, he took full responsibility for it, and rightfully so. Um, if they're not communicating well, yes, it's on the players like Mike Wall pointed it out, but, you know, what are we teaching? You know, it just kind of shows a reflection of how how good or bad of a teacher you got in the building. Um, Doug, 
in the chat said, and he's been putting his share of, quote, need to perform the win and won some and lost some. Cool customer and seems like a good kid talking about love. Very well said there. I agree with everything. Red Mo says, same here, Jen. Uh, then the boys have looked very unrookie at times. Can't wait to see them with actual experience under their belts. That's the thing, too. Like, this offense is only going to get better as time goes on. Chris mm-hmm. in the chat, yeah, where's Watson at? It was supposed to be less uh, less than last time, three weeks. Um, we'll kind of get to the injury report here in a second, see if he has upgraded any at all. Carly Ray says, I don't let the Packers win or loss result affect the uh, the other areas of my life, but if they don't win this week, <laughs> well, that'll be a real challenge. Um, yeah, very well said. <laughs> Carly. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm kind of – my mindset is we hit that floor, right? Okay, we got over that hump of six wins. If we – if we if there was a chance we only won five games, I know it sounds silly, just a one-game difference, I'd be sitting there going, okay, do we get the right head coach? Like, I would really be saying that. But the fact that you eclipse that six-win mark, you know, anything from this point forward I think is a a stepping stone in the right direction for sure. Um, Let's go to the injury report real quick, guys. I know it it released earlier – Obviously, in the bold lettering here are what changed, okay? So let's kind of talk about just the changes here because we don't have time to read all 32 of these players off uh, that are on the list. Elton Jenkins yesterday did not participate. Today he was limited, okay? So he upgraded a bit. Yesterday, Caleb Jones had a had a sick foot. He had a foot and an illness, so he had a sick foot. He was not listening. <laughs> COVID yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't well, know it was coming back around, man. Video video's gonna get flagged on YouTube just because we said COVID toe. Okay? <laughs> oh boy. Um so Caleb Jones with the COVID toe did not participate. <laughs> well, we said it four times now. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Luke Musgrave, go all in, boys. Go all in. Luke Musgrave, kidney. It's just wild seeing kidney on the injury report. Not listed yesterday, did not participate today, although he was catching some passes, they said, off to the side. So um, that's the only thing that changed today. So as far as our boy, Christian Watson, did not participate yesterday, did not participate today with the hamstring injury. So, you know, I've got to be real. If he doesn't practice tomorrow, I don't think we see him in Carolina. Um, Have you guys heard anything different as I kind of comb through here and see if we can find uh, any other injury news? Not that I've heard, no. I don't know about Emilio, but that, uh, yeah, I would agree with that statement 100%, uh, Clay. If he's not practicing tomorrow, I don't, you know, I don't see him uh, him going Sunday. Yeah, I don't either, man. I really, really don't. Um, and you know what? Which again, though, if we're talking about the push, right, let's say we get a win and we're talking about needing these guys to come back, I would think Scoot falls in that category, too, that maybe we hold them out. Uh, and get them as close to we can because, you know, it's win or go home once the playoffs start anyway. I mean, it's win or go home for us right now, regardless if you think about it. Um, But we've had endless conversations about, um, you know, being 100% versus being 70%, and is it worth it to put a guy out there? Um, So I don't know. I think time will tell, though. But, yeah, if he's not on that practice field tomorrow, man, I I would bet that he's doubtful for, for Sunday. Yeah, Doug in the chat says, Matt Schneidman says, if Jire can play, this would be the week. I guess Charlotte is his hometown, question mark. Um, it is. He is from North Carolina. Um, you know, Schneidman, the comment he made the other night, and we played it here on the show, um, you know, he said something along the lines of when he made that comment about him not traveling to New York, he said, bookmark it. There's a reason I said that. 
that's the thing that kind of has me clinging to man. That, that I think there is something behind the scenes, but whether it's because of his hometown or what, if Jair makes his defense better, and I think we all agree you would get him out there. I don't care. Whatever the homecoming, throw him a damn parade, Emilio, get him on the right. field. We need right. this dub this week. Right. So yeah, he can invite his entire family. I don't like hold, take up the whole side of the, the stadium. I, let's, let's ball out, man. <laughs> You know, if you run a Jair Alexander highlight uh, reel, you will see a lot of – some of his best highlights are in a white jersey. I mean, yeah. he's he's played a lot of good ball on the road. Um, and this is a get-right game for this defense. And Paul Brettel touched on this, you know, about uh, the fact of how, how is this defense going to respond? Mm-hmm. Joe Barry this, lack of communication that, execution this, whatever it is, it's bad talk about – you guys and your defense. And at some point, you know, enough is enough, or at least you hope someone in that locker room or multiple guys in that locker room have that attitude. So, you know, hopefully we get as many pieces back as we can. Um, I'd love to see Jair play this Sunday. I'm sure I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> there, there it is, Tim. White jersey, right? Yep. Hey, My man. There you go. Was it a white jersey? I couldn't tell me. see. Huh? Oh, yeah, you're right. It was. We need a. You know what? We need we need a pick six from John Money and and some new uh, some new sound bites. You know we always get good sound bites from Jair. You're never gonna <laughs> you're never gonna uh, be disappointed after a win with that guy. So uh, we should mic him up. The best with him. We should mic him up for the game. Let's get one of the one of the NFL you know sideline mics. I don't know, man. My knee. Um, you know. One of those mics. <laughs> I keep thinking about that time uh, Cobby was wearing a, a mic pack and ended up getting taking a shot in the chest and mm. coughing up blood. Oh, yeah. From the mic pack <laughs> uh, going into his into his sternum. Oh, it's right. He's playing I football. That. I forgot about that. You know what, though? I mean, you would think the the further we advance with, with technology, man. Don't those, start this, those, Don't start this. Those devices will get smaller. Right. right? Give them some earbuds. Give I guess we're going to debate it over this, man. We can, we can, we can hit an, an asteroid, you know, light years <laughs> away with an object the size of a Volkswagen, right? And I can't get service in the airport on my phone. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Listen, I'm not an intelligent man. You could tell by the accent, but there should be smart humans on the face of the earth that could figure some of this stuff out rather than. I'd rather them zip tie a, a GoPro inside the helmet. Ooh. My man takes a it. shot wearing a, an 87 Magnavox battery pack and he's talking about <laughs> floor. Get up like that off the turf. Like, what, what, what All next doing? year's prime games are going to have someone with a GoPro bet. Here, Tim called it already. Someone's gonna have to go for <laughs> next year's prime game. Maybe we can we can do better than zip ties, though. I was yeah, just... right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like that too. Carly Ray says, "Got to make that huh, a ringtone." That would be great. You imagine. Oh yeah. I wish there was ways that we could pop it in here when someone becomes a new member. It would just automatically trigger. Oh. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. I don't know. I think I think I'd be over abusing this one right here. John Deere Green. <laughs> Adjusting that hat. You see mm-hmm. my man with that Stetson? Oh, man. Oh, no. 
All right, we're off the rails. I'm back. I'm back in the studio for one day, Tim, and we're already unprofessional again. Let's do this. Let's talk about Joe Barry as we wrap up here. Let's let's end it on a on a positive, positive note. note. Yeah. <laughs> positive. All right. Positive. So Rob Domofsky tweeted this out. Um, I tweeted out a large portion of his press conference just so you kind of, you know, I feel like the reporters do a good job. Don't get me wrong, but Sometimes you can take one quote, not that Rob did this. I, th- I think Rob's tweet's perfectly fine. But you could take one quote and you feel like, oh, that was kind of the message, right? That was the the vibe of the presser. And then you go watch it yourself and you're like, man, that was totally different than what I expected. But he tweeted out, Packers defensive coordinator Joe Barry, quote, this week was particularly hard on me, hard on my family, but this is the NFL. This is what you sign up for. We deal with it. We had a bad game. I have to be better for our guys. I put that on me. Anytime we don't play well, it's on me. Now, there's still people out there trying to suggest that Matt LaFleur is covering for Joe Barry and it's costing him the locker room and Devondre Campbell was pissed off at Joe Barry, right? That they're they're still trying to feed that narrative that Devondre Campbell was talking about the coaches in his tweet. It's all but been confirmed that he was ticked off at the fans coming at him for having a bad game, right, playing hurt. Um, Rob Demosky t- uh, tweeted this out, said, Devondre Campbell's social media comment about not playing hurt anymore. Barry called him, quote, an absolute warrior, commended him on his leadership on and off the field, quote, I have the utmost respect for that guy, and he has my 1,000% complete support. So uh, can we please stop talking the nonsense, guys? that Devondre Campbell was talking about <laughs> Joe Barry. Like, and then they, they said it was about LaFleur too, right? He was taking a shot at the coaching staff. And then he comes out yesterday. We we shared the tweet yesterday where someone shared the quote in the locker room, basically said, Matt's my guy. You know, Matt knows what he means to me. He's Matt LaFleur is the reason he came to play in Green Bay. So uh, anytime we get a chance to smack some of that false narrative around a little bit, we're going to do it. Because it's just ridiculous, man. And the, the fan base was just so oh, it was so disgusting yesterday, man. So disgusting. People again today, like as soon as he said it's been a rough, rough week for my family, immediately in the chat that they went again. Yeah, yeah. what a crybaby. What a little this, what a little that. Words I can't say on a pod, right? Yeah. It's like they're the same tough guys, though, that the second something goes wrong in their personal life, they're on Twitter complaining about oh, he's seven. <laughs> constantly yeah no and it's also like it's disheartening because there's we talk about criticize the play not the player like when we when we break down film or, or things like that you know you can be critical of a player or how you're you're playing out there but you know you don't want to drag someone and it's the same thing you can you can think we need to make a change and that's what you say we need to make a change at defensive coordinator. You don't have to scream, fire this bum and, mm-hmm. you know, all of this. And you're, you know, yeah, the, the guy's got family here. You know, people have eyes and ears. Everything is beamed into our smart devices every 10 seconds. You know, show a little class. But, you know, mm-hmm. social media is probably not a place you're going to find too much of that very often. No. Um, and you know what? I believe someone in our chat, I think it was yesterday or, or might have been this morning, was saying that, you know, it's the – the vocal minority, the it loud is. minority of, right. of fans. And that's true because not all, not all, but a lot of these social media type uh, uh, fans, you know, they're, they're not here. They're not, they're not as invested 
you know, and I guess that's where that casual term comes from. If you want to casually just pontificate and, and cast your judgments, but you're not really invested in the team or learning or understanding or cheering this team on, you just want to feel like you're right or you want to jump on the bandwagon of some, you know, popular narrative. I think that's the, those are the loudest ones. Oh, it is. It you is know, for sure. You can mm-hmm. see it on social media too. Like they know that if they say something, you know, attacking Joe Barry and piling on like everyone's piling on, that it's going to get a bunch of likes and retweets and jokes and this and that. So, you know, do your thing, you know. What do they want? Like a candy for doing that? Like I, I don't get attention. Like, yeah, well, you're attention. sitting there beating dead horse for two, for three, four, five days, weeks on end. Like you're you're taking it you're taking it from on the field, like Tim was saying, to off the field. Like you're making it personal. Imagine like someone just imagine all of us just sitting around, sit there and just berate him for doing a bad job, you know. Run, and if we win run, out and we only give up two touchdowns the rest of the year, that these people will still not shut up. They'll mm-hmm. still want him gone. I think we know it's beyond the point of no return right now, right? Like let's interview yeah. them when they leave when they leave work, right, Tim? Let's oh, see yeah. how let's see <laughs> how their let's see how their job performance was today. That's what I'm saying. Let's Watch them lose a job and have to walk home and stare their family in the face, basically with the look of "I failed you." Mm-hmm. And then, and oh, I guarantee you, the biggest. Ugh, we'll be right work. in the backyard, ready to interview them. Lights on. Hey, man! So tough day at work. You know, you lost a job. Yeah. How does that make you feel? It's crazy, bro. Oh, crazy. I get why the media is doing it. The media has to do their job. I got. I just don't understand the fans that want to continue. Well, the media's job used to be to report. Now it's Uh-oh. now they construct narrative. Yeah. So and if it doesn't I, fit, right, Tim? <laughs> That's right. Jen, Jen right. right in the chat says toxic nonsense train. Absolutely. Eric Sutherland, he's got a theory here. He says, I still blame it all on the owners. Who do you think you are? I am. The hell do you <laughs> think you are, Eric? You ain't blaming me, buddy. You see that piece of paper back there? You see that? Mm-hmm. Over yonder. I gave them two hundred dollars, and they said, "Here's a piece of paper, buddy. Thanks for supporting us. Yeah. That's what that is." <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I love that stuff, man. I love it. Hope um, you like the new scoreboards, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that was on my dime, guys. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Hey, look at this. We got a surprise guest, Miss Carly Ray in the house. Carly, how you doing? I'm doing all right, you guys. I just I had to jump in because you guys were talking about something that I feel really strongly about. So I just I couldn't stay out anymore. Hey, let's shut up and let Carly have the floor. Talk to us, Carly. Tell us why we're stupid here. <laughs> no, no, it's not that you're stupid. It's that you guys are right on the money as far as people just, I think the core of it is it gets down to people just get, when they have a keyboard in between, they don't see the humanity of the people they're talking about. And so they're not really seeing them as people. They're just this image, this icon, and they make their actions, their identity, and judge them on the basis of this identity that they have assigned to them. And that's why... We have crazy people like that in every single fan base. And I want to think that the Packers are the Packers fans are better. And I'm sure I think that we are in some way, but, but, you know, not everybody. So we just have to be louder with our, you know, reason. Like you said, Clayton, yesterday, I think it was like, we got to be, we got to be louder in encouraging and being positive and not listening to the naysayers and just speaking truth out there. Yeah, definitely. It's the only way to handle it and ignore them and refuse to acknowledge it refuse to engage with it. I think I had to block. I was sitting on the runway getting ready to leave Florida today and had to block three people because they just wanted to jump in, literally jump in a comment on a tweet and just attack me. 
just have, it's one thing to say, hey, man, I disagree with that. But it's another to go, you're dumb. Hey, listen, big guy. I'm like, oh, okay. You're going to knock on my door <laughs> and call me dumb. And then, you, then you're going to screenshot me block and you go, look at this softy. No, you're the softy because you'd never say it to anybody's face, just like these fans wouldn't say these things to Devondre Campbell that we showed yesterday. Just and like, they're not. I can tell you that right now. There's uh, none of that attitude in reality uh, walking around. The scuttlebutt. Sign, sign, sign this hat. Sign this hat. Right. That's it. Yeah, they'd be drooling if they saw him in oh, person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Dre is uh, our Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for a reason, okay? Yeah. So, like, this, about this, that, man. They're – And I think Devondre knows that too. That's why he addressed that. You know, he put that on Twitter. That's for that's for Packers Twitter. Mm -hmm. Was what that was what that tweet was for. I I truly believe that. Um, You know, he knows the community here and and the fan base. You know, locally here, at least in in this area, is yeah. There's none of that nonsense. Are you kidding? These players are are royalty here. And uh, you're right, Clayton. They wouldn't say that uh, with an earshot of any fan like that, let alone Devondre himself. So <laughs> that's not the dude. That that's is not, not the dude. dude. Like, yeah, like I said, incapable of BS, man. That guy is, you know, no flash, all substance. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Kristen in the chat says Campbell was talking about us. Unfortunately, we deserved it. Um, yep. You know what? I'll take that. I'll take that for the team too, Chris. You know, if it means me, you know, pretending like I was saying those things too, just to say I'm wrong. Hey, as a fan, we need to be better. If that helps fix the problem, I'm cool with that, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And I know he wasn't saying us specifically. I'm just, you know, kind of speaking in that's, general. That's but, how it is though, right? Because, you know, one person can make everybody look bad. Yeah. It, it, it just, it's like that in the business world. It's like that in a lot of things in life. One right? person We're, ruins it for the whole class, right, Tim? Now you can't go off for recess. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I would never forget, man. My cousin, God, God love him. God rest his soul. He's passed away now. He was a wild one. I'll just say that. Um, he, uh, we were on a baseball trip. We were traveling out of town. We just got on the bus, and he got in trouble in school earlier that day. I won't say for what reason, but it was pretty bad. And we get on the bus. Carly said, "I'm done with this." Thanks, yeah. Carly. Appreciate you coming. Off the rails. <laughs> she said, "I ain't got time for this." We get on the bus and. Uh, Everything gets quiet, right? And you could tell Coach Morris was just like so ticked off, man. And all of a sudden he stands up and he sprints to the very back of the bus where I won't say his name, but where where he was. And he puts his finger right in his face and he says, We're thinking, oh man, he's gonna like and the only thing he said was, It only takes one turd <laughs> to ruin the whole bunch. <laughs> he went back up and sat down. I will never forget us laughing in the back of the bus. Like, did you just say turd? Did he just call you a turd? Like, but as soon as you said it, it takes one to ruin it for the whole class. Maybe that's yeah. what I thought. Coach Morris, it only takes one turd. So there you go. There's another redneck story for the night. Um, all right, let's do this. Make sure we hit everything. I think we got everything in. Um, yeah. Well, I wanted to mention this real quick as we wrap up. This is kind of cool. Um, Packers Vikings are staying on Sunday night football next week. There was rumors that it was going to be flexed. Um, Barry Jackson at FLAS sports buzz uh, on Twitter said NFL has decided there will be no changes to the week 17 schedule. Dolphins Ravens will remain at one o'clock on CBS and will be aired in parts of the country. League decided not to flip the Dolphins Ravens with the KC and uh, Bengals game. At 425 on CBS, the Packers Vikings will remain at the 820 p.m. on NBC. So, yeah, SDNU hit the nail on the head, buddy. Bang. 
Packers equals viewers. They said, nope. The Packers could be 0-17 going into that week, 0-16, whatever it is, 0-15, and they're still going to have people watch that game because it's the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. um, There you go. Just thought I'd put that out there because there were rumors about that. I know some people were making plans to maybe attend that game. but That's going to be awesome. The last thing we're going to do in 2023 is beat the Vikings. Let's go. And then, then, bam, Happy New Year, Victory Monday. Boom, let's go. And you know what? If they do lose that game, You've already got the Champagna. It's flowing, right? You just go ahead and finish Happy strong. Right? I can tell you with 100% certainty, there is no way I'm charting that game, Clayton. <laughs> there is no way. <laughs> you can chart it, but it's going to look like it's going to be like, able to read it. Yeah. Look like a three year old with a crayon. That's what it would be, be mm-hmm. crayon. Just be like the guy writing like the that. Guy with <laughs> I love, I, I love the chat too. As soon as Carly got on here or whatever, she says, sorry, my internet went down. Whatever, Carly. You heard me, <laughs> you heard me telling a story from Kentucky and you said, I'm out of here. I got to fold clothes or something. Get away from this brain damage. Um, I love how, as we were talking all serious about Joe Barry a second ago, we got into a big conversation here in the chat. People talking about Dan Devine's dog getting shot back in the day. So here we go. Deadfish says, just looked up the story. Devine's dog was shot, but it was because he would not tie him up and he continued chasing a farmer's chicken. The farmer warned him, but Devine ignored him. Now, you want to talk about a redneck story. <laughs> hey, there you go. Brown County, baby. So uh, here's the thing. Hey, break up the mason jars is what SDN says. I like it. Those city folks were drinking out of mason jars. Um, with that Dan Devine's dog thing, that rumor got spread around a lot throughout history that that a Packer fan, they were they wanted Dan Devine gone so bad that they killed his dog, and it was really his dog was loose on somebody's property. Even, even before social media, man, you, uh, a narrative can take off, catch on real quick. Absolutely, man. They wanted him gone quick. Man, I'll tell you what, you you lose some chickens back home, that dog, I love dogs. I've got three myself, but that dog ain't make it through the night. You you cost me a chicken. That's how they look at things back home, right? Emilio knows all about that, right, Emilio? Yeah. <laughs> how many yeah. chickens you raised in your life, Emilio? Ah, uh, probably twenty, twenty-five. <laughs> Have you really? Are you are you BSing right now? Yeah, no, did it. Oh, sure. You yeah, are BSing. Raised some, raise some little, you know, little ones, and then so full of crap, dude. I'm I swear. All right. I refuse. I'll send to you some pictures. I'll send you some yeah. pictures. I was gonna say picture. It didn't happen, bro. Sure. All right. There you go. I raised them city chickens, them rotisserie ones down at the grocery store. That's what I grew up on. Catch them on Tuesday at Costco. You get them. 65%. percent. 65% off. What, what a minute. The real problem is keeping those mountain chickens reined in enough to get them thick, you know. That's a big thing. Absolutely, man. Mountain it. chickens are built like me, right? Yeah, a little, a little bit leaner. You're quick, too, Tim. I know you're fast, man. I know you're fast. <laughs> I, I think we've got footage of Tim. We're, we're going into the future here. This is going to be Tim charting that game on New Year's Eve. Yes, I see you. 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 Clay, that's going to be us at the at the Bears game. There you go. That's going to be us trying to chart the Bears Bears I'm game. Still, I'm still waiting for someone to or us to get some kind of some kind of. Uh, penalty on youtube that that guy's saying something absolutely horrible and we have no right. clue what he's actually yeah. saying. <laughs> so we got to be careful with that amelia is a bad idea posting that or showing that there buddy so no. all right let's get out of here man we've done nothing productive in the last 15 minutes mandy's downstairs watching live going i can't believe i'm married mm-hmm. to this idiot. but uh parting thoughts tim what you got for me bub oh man just looking forward to ball um 
you know, I, I get a little bit of anxious, uh, not, not nerves, but just anxious for the game. Cause, um, you know, I'm a defensive dude and my boys didn't look so good these last couple of weeks here in crunch time. And, uh, I'm ready for a get-right game. And, you know, Paul Brettle touched on this earlier. You know, he talked about um, Carolina's red zone defense. So this could be the perfect scenario for our defense to get off because we know Jordan's going to move the ball. This offense is going to move the ball. If we can get tutters every time we're in the red zone, go up two, three scores in this game, I think our defense plays solid and keeps the lead and we, and we get this win. So I'm just looking forward to football, guys. I can't wait. Um and Christmas, of course, but uh, yeah. mostly football. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a great time of the year for sure. Dakota in the chat says, "I've raised many a chicken. I know you have, Dakota. We can hear That's it in your true. voice, buddy." He said, "And hogs and horses and dogs, right?" Eric Sutherland said, "Can't blame the dog. I'm getting the owner." Hey, I, I kind of like that mindset myself, there. And then uh, Carly Ray says, "No, in Green Bay, you got those quote city chickens, pigeons, the pigeons. Yeah. Like we got those mountain chickens down here with the squirrels. Uh huh. But Milio, parting thoughts, man. Quit talking about this stupid stuff. Yeah. Um, like Tim said, hopefully we got a present right under the tree, a nice Packers win over Carolina. And uh, I really did love everything Paul was saying, especially you know bringing it back to um, the team is is a team. You know, Matt Matt is the top." Um, and it's a kind of a pyramid going down. So uh, either way, you know, the top has to answer or they got to, you know, come up with plans. You know, when if, you know, Vince, Vince we had the video of Vince uh, drawing up the offense, but I'm sure he was in there diving into the defense. Oh, you know, it's not like it's not like we're just leaving them out to dry. And, uh, you know, you just got to kind of uh, be able to disperse that wealth across the team. You know, we, we love that the offense is growing and, and improving. I just kind of want to uh, make sure that we, you know, kick some over to the other side. Yeah. You know, what it's going to get into here real quick, guys, is as soon as this season's over, whether you make the playoffs or not, I think we'll probably hear Joe Barry has been, you know, let go. Um, it, it may even be something that he's demoted, right? Uh, it's very rare that happens. I don't know if it's happened in the last 20 or 30 years, to be honest with you, but there's a chance you could demote him to linebackers coach, something like that, right? Um, kind of that happy medium. Some people are going, no, no way out of the building completely. But it's going to be fun to dive into in the offseason when they do decide to go to a different defensive coordinator. Is it going to be a new scheme? If it is, we'll be here every step of the way, kind of deep diving that scheme and going through and looking at, okay, what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, things like that. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited about it either way. But appreciate you guys in the chat. You guys and gals were absolutely awesome. want to give a special shout-out to Chewy. Thank you for the super chat. Also want to say congratulations to the number one Packer fan. Hadn't heard from the other winners, so that's going to be your jersey there. With the he was asking for it earlier in the chat. He goes, Send me, yeah, swing me the jersey. <laughs> yeah, so number one Packer fan, do me a favor, man. Email me, okay? I know you messaged me on Twitter. If you can email me, that would be great. Um, email me at PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. Send a, uh, I'll explain in there, but you basically want to send a screenshot of your YouTube homepage that'll basically show, okay, this is legitimately my homepage. It's the only look that, you know, the only person that would have that screen grab of your homepage and the things that'll say on that homepage will make sure that, okay, that's definitely him. That's just the way we got to kind of keep people from stealing other people's jerseys. And I know Jeff won the Dorsey Levens jersey. It should be on its way, buddy. So you should have it soon. We'll try to come up with something else to give away here real soon. We got some stuff in the bag over here. A um, couple of things. We, I think we got an Antonio Freeman. We got another Paul Horning. Ooh. I got a David Bakhtiari autograph jersey. Uh-oh. We'll be giving that one. Milio's like, oh, let's set up a couple fake accounts. (laughs) (laughs) 
So anyway, we're out of here, guys. Thank y'all for putting up with our nonsense. I'm glad that we can get on here. There, look, <laughs> Eric Sutherland again. Congrats, number one rig. There you go, man. Hey, <laughs> get used to it, man. Oh. You keep complaining, Eric. I'm gonna take you off the ballot. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. No, you can't do that. He's, he's, he's PTA Mount Rushmore. You know that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Some people got that just now. That, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Milio said, "I got it. I got you." <laughs> All right. No, but uh, we appreciate everybody in here again. It's it's good to get on here and just cut up with you guys. I'm so glad to be home so we can get in here and actually be productive like we weren't to not. But anyway, yeah. um, thanks, everybody, in the chat. Like I said, thanks for the super chat there. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go, Pat, go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here. And try to run this play in the alley. 